What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison, a contributor here at NinerNoise.com, and here with me, a little bit surprisingly, because we we did, we did say just like a couple days ago that we weren't going to do this again for a while, uh, um, Mr. Akshaz Duvadula. Akshaz, how we doing, man? Doing great, Robert. You know, I remember us talking about it, and then I remember seeing the trade deadline news, and I think the first thing I sent before even reacting to it was, well, Robert, I guess we're I guess we're getting on a call sometime this week, huh? Yep. So much for so much for the break. Um, that's okay. We still we still have almost a full another week until we have to do this again. But it's 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 fine. Um, it's it's a good conversation. We're actually doing this a little bit earlier than normal, so it's not going to be like you know midnight by the time we finish, as it sometimes is for me. But it's all good. And of course, the reason that we are here, um, because the Forty Niners don't play on Sunday. But they did uh, make another pretty big splash move in the trade deadline. This is, oh, let's see. Um, I'm not sure how many years in a row this is that they've made a, a big move at or around the deadline. But John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have been here since 2017. And I think this is like the fifth deadline day day or week move that they've made since they've been there. Pretty Pretty big splashes across the board obviously this one is to bring chase young from the washington commanders to the san francisco 49ers uh it was confirmed i think yesterday um when he was actually able to get in and um get his physical uh trade was actually was finalized obviously before the trade deadline on tuesday came out to santa clara got his physical everything looked good according to john lynch um and chase young is a 49er uh, no confirmation on what uh, what jersey that people should buy uh, to celebrate uh, yet. I haven't seen anything on the on the number yet. There's not a whole lot of uh, 90s left on the team. Can't have 99, obviously, because that's John Kinlaw. Um, but of course, I'm I'm burying the lead a little bit on this. The 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 big it's it's big news that he's coming because it's a it's a big acquisition, I think. But essentially, uh, the the move is for one one draft pick, right? Um, it's a a, a 2024 compensatory pick, um, which basically serve as as was basically serves as like a, a, a early fourth rounder. If you really want to like turn the screw a little bit, um, the the most hilarious part is that it's one of those picks that the 49ers are are getting, one of those picks that they've gotten over the last couple of years for minority hires <laughs> and other positions, one of which happens to be Washington Commanders GM Martin Mayhew. So uh, a, a little uh, hey thanks. For the uh, for the help there there Martin, uh, we appreciate it. Um, so yeah, I I think I think we're I think we were both a little surprised that this that this was the move. We talked about it at the end of the last episode that if if we thought they were going to make a move, it would be another pass rusher. But I'm a little surprised that this ended up being the guy that they got. Um, pleasantly surprised, but surprised nonetheless. Yeah, I mean. 
I, I I was surprised too until I saw what they got him for, and then I like it made perfect sense. So, you know, we're gonna talk a lot about all the various ways this move can work or doesn't work on the field, but off the field, the one thing we talk about, and I know I harp on all the time, is process, especially when it comes to team building. It's all about process. You finding like finding Brock Purdy as Mister Irrelevant doesn't mean that like you guys are just geniuses who stumbled upon like a <laughs> great player. It means that like you got lucky, right? Finding a great quarterback first overall means that you have the right process and finding like traits, right? The point is, what part is luck and what part can you control? Chase Young for a con- for what is a conditional third round pick is probably like definitionally the smartest move at the deadline. And I don't even care about any of the other deals. You know, when they traded for Randy Gregory, we said, that's like really smart. You know, they'll be like moving down 10, 10 round, 10, like 10 picks in order to get a defensive lineman. The 49ers, I'm like fairly confident in saying are not going to resign Chase Young this after this year. Unless the contract just works out really well and money gets moved around and something mm-hmm. or the other. It seems very unlikely that he'll be a 49er next year. However, he's probably going to get a pretty big deal because there are not a lot of edge rushers that hit the open market. There are not a lot of former defensive rookie of the years who are playing like, really great football, as we'll get into as we talk about more of his on-field impact. And he's probably going to get a contract big enough to get a compensatory third-round pick. So what does that mean? That means the 49ers literally said, we'll punt our draft pick to next year, probably in the same exact spot, but we get Chase Young for this year. Now, if you're going to ask me, would I rather the 49ers have a rookie next year or Chase Young this year and a rookie two years from now? I don't know, Robert. That's a hard question. (laughs) Which which one would you choose? Is it? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, um, little sarcasm coming in from uh, from Angshaz tonight. I, I, yeah, um, I think that's a pretty clear. I mean, you're you're basically trading a guy for nothing, like mm-hmm. really, like it. In it, I mean, we 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 said this about Randy Gregory too. Like they're kind of trading him for nothing. Like they're just, it's a pick swap, and and you get a player on a on an expiring deal. Same kind of thing here, except for you don't even have to give up a pick. You you basically. I mean, you got you gave up a pick, but you're going to get more than likely you're going to get the other one back or like, I don't know. I, I, I think that's the most the most likely scenario. I don't think there's like a middle ground here where he doesn't um, where he kind of pans out and they give him a smaller contract. I don't think that's probably what happens. And I don't think you feel good about that if that is what happens. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's 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 surprising um, it's more, even more surprising when you consider the fact that the commanders also traded their other edge rusher on the very same day for a second round pick, um, an actual second round pick, one that will actually be very high in the second round, more than likely to, I don't, I, that was like the most bizarre move of the entire day. Like <laughs> the bears who are definitely going nowhere this season, trading for a player on an expiring contract was weird um <laughs> i don't I, I didn't understand that at all um and uh that was that was very strange to me but yeah i mean if you look at that 
Um, obviously, Sweat has been able to stay on the field a little more, as we'll get into with 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 Chase Young, in, in as we start to kind of talk about him and his impact on the field. But it's it's weird that that a bad team was able to get probably a, a, a you know apples to apples lesser player uh, for a more for a for a higher draft pick. It was just kind of bizarre to me. I don't know. I'm not really sure how that worked out. <laughs> I mean, I think availability is the huge part and i think intention is the huge part right this is doing my best effort to defend chicago's front office which deserves <laughs> no defense whatsoever nope. but you know montez sweat is a player you trade for you sign for like a six-year deal and he's just going to be there chase young might get hurt as we'll talk about he probably won't be on your team next year but you're banking on the fact that you don't have to give up real capital and he could maybe make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, I mean, like, as for the way, we're going to talk about some negatives and some ways this can go wrong, but like, I actually don't care if like, even if Chase Young gets hurt the next game, <laughs> I still would make Stop. this deal. Okay, well, I will say, my predictions this year have been so terrible. Just because I said that, he's probably going to never miss another snap in the NFL. So that's that's where I've been this year. But um, he's like, you make this deal like 100 times out of 100. Mm -hmm. There's never a time you wouldn't, like, make this trade. So, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is, I just, I really like the fact, you know, they were looking for a trade. They found a difference maker, but like they, you like, they keep almost everything they want. They have a ton of picks. They have their like high round capital to get big impact players as they'll need to like retool the roster. If young doesn't pan out, you can probably sign him to a cheap deal. And then you kind of ride the upside of a player who's as talented as he is. If he does pan out, then, you know, say goodbye, get your third round pick and, you know, congratulate him when you see him next time. I mean, it's, there's no, there's no way this goes wrong. I think, which is just like, (laughs) that's very weird. It's like, it's the great, and I mean, on the bear side, like there's a trillion ways that goes wrong. Sweat doesn't play that good. You have to pay him like a trillion dollars now that you traded for him. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why I think, you know, for all the, like, hand-wringing we do about, well, not us, the hand-wringing the fan base and members of the fan base do about the 49ers and their personnel and their, like, front office decisions. And we've had our share of confusion over decision-making by the upper brass. I think time and again, they show that, like, they can be really savvy when they need to. And this is one of, this is one of the moves that are way up there. Yeah, and what are they? And they only have to pay him like six hundred thousand dollars for the rest of the season, or something like that, too. So it's even better. Um, like, so if he pan, if he if he really pans out, like if he really makes a difference on this team and get you know like gets him, you know, to the Super Bowl and wins the Super Bowl because they have another elite pass rusher, chump change, right? Um, I mean, not chump change to you or I, but chump change to to an NFL team, I guess. Um, imagine. Imagine, imagine. Um, anyway, so yeah. Um, and obviously the the only other sort of negative the the worst part about the Bears trade is that it made it made it like 
virtually impossible that they were going to trade anybody away, which meant that as soon as like as soon as that trade went through, you were like, oh, well, Jalen Johnson's staying in, in Chicago now because they're the in their minds. You got to think that the Bears are thinking this is the the nucleus of our defense moving forward um, is hopefully re-signing Sweat and hopefully re-signing Jalen Johnson. And, and that was the end of that pipe dream. Um, so too bad for that. Maybe uh, the Broncos will be bad again next year and they'll trade Patrick Sertain next year. So there's, there's that. We can keep that in the, in the air for, for the future. But um, yeah, other than that, I think uh, pretty successful uh, trade dread deadline from a 49ers perspective. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you would have liked to get another corner in. I think there was a, a fake rumor that there was a deal for a Dory Jackson that um that didn't go through, which I fell for. I'm 100 yeah, willing to say um, <laughs> I was I was I was walking to a midterm and I saw that and I was like, how the how could this possibly happen? The Giants right now. And I mean, I think I was taking a test and I was just thinking. That's ridiculous. Like, how does an NFL team, like, as I'm writing down my answer in my head, I'm going, how does an NFL team not get a deal in by the deadline? But, um, <laughs> you know, was not to be. I will have an article coming out shortly that kind of talks about some of the ramifications of the non-trades the 49ers made, namely being that, you know, their corners got a vote of confidence. But, you know, hopefully Chase Young kind of unlocks a part of this pass rush so you don't have to have your corners on an island for 20 seconds, yeah. but you can get home. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, and I know there was also some some positive news about Sam Womack and Darnell Luter Jr., um, Daryl Luter, Luter Jr. He's, we've never seen, we haven't seen him yet, so we don't, I don't, I don't remember what his name is. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> is it Daryl or D- it's Daryl Luter, right? Gosh. Yeah. yeah. I'll feel yeah. bad. Okay. Um, I, I, my, if if I had to guess, my guess is that um, that Luter is is suddenly not actually ready to go and gets redshirted for the rest of the year, similar to what they did with uh, Cameron Latu. Um, but Sam Womack has the potential to like really make a difference on this team if if that's uh, something that he's ready to do. So um, that's I think that's exciting as well. That's. I know it's the old like we got a player back. It's kind of like making a trade, but that's not really it, that's not true. But it would be. I think that would make a difference. Like having somebody in uh, available as a slot cornerback who is a little bit more fit for that particular role. I mean, Isaiah Oliver has his upsides as like a run defender, but as a, I mean, I think I think it's pretty clear that as a as like a slot defender, he's just he doesn't have the like quickness to to stick with with guys in that position so it might be time to find something else for him to do at this juncture i i don't know we'll we'll see what happens with womack i think lynch said something like they're getting close um which could mean anything i don't know uh they haven't even uh, they haven't had their practice windows open or anything yet so they could still be several weeks away and this could be all for nothing but i think that would be a pretty big deal too womack is definitely like he's the guy right He's the guy on this defensive like secondary that you could see changing the trajectory of this unit because I mean not to put like a referendum on anyone's career, but I do think we've kind of Ambry Thomas has kind of like shown who he is as a player. And mm-hmm. that's like he shouldn't be a starting corner for you 
like unless your pass rush gets home in like half a second, it's there's going to be a lot of liability there. And I think Lenore has played quite well, but you kind of get the sense between him and Womack, like he might be better in the slot because Womack is interesting because he was the starting slot corner last year, then gets benched for Lenore, and they just seem to exclusively play him on the outside now. Like he's no longer a slot corner, and it makes no sense to me. Like this man was built to be a slot corner. <laughs> he literally started as your slot corner last year. So, you know, I'd love to see him get involved a little more. I think there needs to be a little more push from the secondary. I think in general that unit's been a little, little sluggish overall. So he can definitely be the guy to give that burst. Looter is interesting because I do think if he was healthy. He would have had a could have potentially had a big say on this team. Long, lanky, fast, aggressive. All those things really matter. But I mean, it's hard to play NFL regular season snaps when you haven't even seen like live action in the NFL before. So right. I'm with you. I don't I don't see a world where he, he gets on the field. Yeah, I mean he didn't even have because he got injured during OTAs, right? So he didn't he didn't have training camp or anything. Like he's done nothing for since the spring. So I mean, the, since the draft happened, he's I think he probably did rookie mini camps, and that's probably the only like even thing remotely close to NFL action that he had. Um, so yeah, he's he's definitely a player. Like you 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 open up this open up the practice window, let him get out there, let him feel it a little bit, and then be like, all right, well you're going back on IR. You know, thanks for mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks for your work, um, kind of thing. But I could definitely see, um, uh, Samuel Wilmot coming in and making a making a difference. Plus, we need number number zero next to number number two out there because that'd be cool. Like a zero two, great. Yep. Um, <laughs> all that's that's real visual importance kind of thing. Um, man, it was really cool when we had one, two, three, four back there for a little while last year. That was gonna be. Awesome. Anyway, um, <laughs> all right. So let's uh, let's get deeper into the the star uh, of this particular podcast, this uh, unplanned slash somewhat emergency episode, um, and that is Chase Young, who comes to the 49ers from the Washington Commanders. Um, actually, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Chase Young has been a, been all three iterations of the Washington Football Team in his just four year career, which is saying something. Um, <laughs> Because were th- were they? No, that might not be right. I think no. he's been football they... team. Just and football team and commanders. Yeah. Hold on. I don't think he is there for the. You can see the investigation in action. As yeah, we... the investigation is in action. Um, but yeah, so he comes to the team. Uh, obviously was a uh, twenty twenty. Yeah, they were the football team in twenty twenty. So there you go. Um, he comes to. Uh, he was uh, drafted by Washington in twenty twenty, out of Ohio State, which means that he knows a certain Mister Nick Bosa pretty well. Um, they were actually back to back number two overall picks in the NFL. Uh, edge rushers out of Ohio State, which is pretty cool. Bosa came out in 19 and then was followed by um, Chase Young. In fact, Chase Young probably um, (laughs) gets the opportunity to step into the number two overall pick in 2020 because Bosa missed, I think, all but like, what, two games or something like that in his uh, junior season because he got hurt and then he was like, all right, well, at this point, I might as well just like 
get ready for the draft because everybody knows what what I what I have to do. I don't have anything else to prove in, in college. Um, and then he went out there and had a great season. Um, while Bosa was out, um, and then in 2019, uh, obviously had an even better season uh, and put himself on the map. Was taken in uh, 2020 behind Joe Burrow uh, from the Bengals. And now he goes out, wins the NFL's Rookie of the Year award uh, after playing in 15 games as a rookie, had seven and a half sacks, uh, four forced fumbles, uh, 44 tackles, 12 additional QB hits, uh, 10 tackles for loss, and was just um, just just a, a recovered three of the four fumbles that he that he uh, that he forced for 57 yards and a touchdown. Um, just a just an out and out menace. And then things kind of went sour for him, um, had a, a rough patch in 2021. Um, and then in 2022, I, I the, the ACL was in 20 was was in 21, was it not? Yeah, I think he had a really bad ACL patellar tendon tear. Like it was a it was a really, really rough injury that I think took took him out for a while. Yeah, he played nine games in 21, uh, had a, a one and a half sacks before going out with that injury, um, was able to come back, but not but only played three three games in 2022, did not record a sack, only had five tackles. And of course, there was a lot of conversation about whether or not he'd kind of done himself in uh, Washington opted not to take to pick up his fifth year option, which is what makes him a first round pick a free agent at the end of this season. Um, and then obviously was was getting off to a pretty good start. He missed one game so far this season, uh, played in seven games for Washington, but already had five sacks, uh, 15 tackles, nine additional quarterback hits and one pass defense. So good for him. Um, no forced fumbles, uh, as of yet this season, but he's, he, he seems by all accounts to be kind of back to the player that he was during his rookie year when he was out there kind of making a menace of himself. And that, um, is why it seems very confusing as to why he would be available at this particular point, barring the injury situation. So, um, Akshaz, uh, from a player's perspective, obviously we talked about why this makes sense for the 49ers from a uh, off-the-field uh, sort of transactional point of view. But from a player perspective, does this seem like a, a good move? So let's talk about the the negatives of Chase Young first, because that obviously means I'm going to end up with explaining earnestly why he's such a good fit for this defense. But the negatives first, injuries are a huge part. You mentioned the ACL patellar tendon injury. And I mean, he has a propensity to miss some games, which can be an issue because you want availability for the stretch run. Like he can't be impactful. He's not on the field. And the other thing I've read as I was looking a little more into him is there are a couple of reports that he's not very disciplined, not in like an off the field sense, but in like a honing his craft and saying within the like the techniques and rules that they've set for the player to play with the assignments in the game, he oftentimes will break free from those to kind of make a splash play is what I heard officially. Like there's discussion that he was, a, I think the quote I saw was Washington, excuse me, believes that trading young is addition by subtraction. Which is a wild thing to say for a guy who has like five and a half sacks. Like, insane. But you know what? Not my problem. He's here <laughs> now. What I do think, and we're getting to the positives now, something that cannot be overstated, and Matt Barrow said this, so not my thought, but 
what Matt Barrow said in his mailbag for The Athletic was Chase Young looks at the Bosa's, Nick Bosa and Joey Bosa, as like mentor, older brother, like role model types. Like these guys have been in his ear since game day one in Ohio State on like, here's how you get to the NFL. Here's how you succeed. Here's how you like be a pro. So Barrows makes a great point that these things could be true in Washington, right? Maybe he was like this, maybe he wasn't, but he's not going to be like that now that Nick Bosa is in the room. And I think I read somewhere in Barrows report as well, that Bosa will be staying back in Santa Clara to actually work with the young and get him up to speed and kind of help situate him in the area. And I think this is really important. It's really easy to kind of think of these players as an amalgamation of their stats and abilities and kind of forget the fact that these are human beings, which means that like, you know, having someone who you respect greatly be in the room with you, that matters a lot. That can change the way you kind of approach things. And I think that camaraderie between Bosa and Young is really going to help Chase Young kind of iron out some of these perceived issues and really like make him the best version of himself. Because I mean, I know if I had someone who I spent my entire like professional career kind of like emulating now have a chance to like see me in action and be there with every step. I'd want to make sure like I'm a hundred percent keeping up with everything. Yeah. So what's so special about hero bread, soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas. Hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com podcast. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. That aside, he's also just really, really good at football. Like, <laughs> I mean, the 49ers right now, Hargrave had a great start to the year, but it's kind of no longer giving that interior pressure. Armstead had a good game against the Bengals. And Bosa has been, like, good. Like, he's racking up pressures. But the problem is, you pressure a quarterback, they throw the ball away because no one else is there to, like, do anything after pressure. And that's where Young comes in, right? I think he has the ability to be, like, the leader of a pass rush unit where he's the one who, like, handles the double teams and kind of forces pressure, and that allows other defensive linemen to kind of get one-on-ones and make plays. But he doesn't have to be that on this team. He's aggressive. He's fast. He's got a great burst. He's got great moves. And those are all things you want from a Chris Korosek wide nine defensive lineman. Because you don't have to worry about, like, I got to, like, play outside here and then contain this and, like, focus on that. No, no, no. Get your hand in the dirt on snap go hit the quarterback or go hit the running back. And I mean, you're allowing a player who's ridiculously talented and like prodigiously athletic, just free reign to play off his instincts. And I think that's going to be a huge deal for this team. He not only, I think 
somewhere I read he's like fifth in the NFL in pressures mm-hmm. for just Nick Bosa. So he like he adds a huge element to this defense because he's not only a guy who can um who will like be able to like clean up pressures that Bosa, Hargrave, and Armstead make and kind of like take care of the unit as a whole. He can be the guy who is having such a good game. You got to slide your left tackle over. You got to chip. And if you have to like give, if your solution in a game is let's give Nick Bosa one-on-one because we can't win otherwise. I mean, the 49ers, you know, they've been in a terrible state and we've talked a lot about like what they need to do to get back. They would have to be incredibly incompetent to lose games like that, where opposing offenses are like, that's the solution. That's what we've got to do. <laughs> yeah. Let's let that really good guy not beat us so the other really guy, good guy doesn't beat us. Yeah. That doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't seem like a good plan um, of attack. And this is, you know, this is what we were hoping for, right? This is the, the, the thought when when Javon Harper came into the team, it's like, okay, now they got like three people they are going to have trouble blocking. And the question was what's going to happen to opposite Bosa. And it just, it just didn't really, it wasn't panning out with, with, with the other guys that they brought in. Obviously Drake Jackson had a, had a good, a pretty good game to open the season against Pittsburgh. I think the three sacks are, um, not indicative of like quality pass rush, but just kind of being in the right place in the right time, which, you know, there's something to be accounted for that, that matters in some cases, but he's clearly falling, falling off the, out of the graces of the, of the front office because they've now traded not one, but, but two for two uh, edge rushers that can kind of take his place. I think Cleland Farrell has been playing better over the last couple of weeks. Um, and he's been like the quote unquote starter um, at defensive end opposite Bosa. Um, in you know base down kind of situations uh for basically the whole season um so yeah i mean i don't know it, it'll be interesting to see how this works out depth chart i think there's a real possibility that drake jackson is not an active player on on game day anymore because they don't have enough defensive linemen i don't know where he fits in this pecking order at this particular juncture i mean obviously well, i mean we do know where he fits in the pecking order he's it's <laughs> bosa young it's it's Randy Gregory and Cleveland Farrell right behind them, and then Drake Jackson's number five. And then, but is, I mean, do you need five edge rushers on a game day roster? I don't know. We'll see. Um, that's going to be really disappointing um, from a perspective of you know he was your basically your number one draft pick two years ago, and he's not really done much at all, and clearly is not showing anything. It's not just in game. He must not be showing anything in in practices or anything either to like showcase himself. Um, I thought this was interesting. So you mentioned uh, Matt Barrow's mailbag. So I pulled this up from that. Um, they, he's He was asking a question about, I guess somebody was asking him how much of an upgrade uh, Chase Young would be. Um, and he said this, he said, quote, his pressure numbers aren't just better than Farrell's, Gregory's, and Jackson's individually. They're better than that group's collectively. He has 38 quarterback pressures and 407 snaps this season. The other three have 35 and 689 snaps. Yowzers. Um, <laughs> that's that's not good at all. Um, and so you can definitely see why they wanted to to go get him. Um, the other thing that you were talking about was sort of the negatives coming out about him. I, I don't know. <laughs> if this were the old Washington regime, I would definitely say it's like some smear campaign that that they're, you know, that they're doing on, on against the guy on the way out. 
but also if this were old Washington, I'm not sure that they would have even traded him to uh, to 49ers, although they did trade Trent Williams for a bag of peanuts a couple of seasons ago. So who knows? Um, what was I, what, what did I say they or what did I hear this morning? They've now traded Chase Young and Trent Williams to San Francisco within the last four years for what, two third rounds and a fifth round pick or something like that. I mean, ownage, front office <laughs> ownage, which is a crazy thing to say, but man, oh man. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I, I think some of the some of it is probably you got to own up to you got to think some of that like going off script and and kind of trying to make a big splash play is a little bit about like being the number two overall pick and the pressure that comes with being the number two overall pick. He's also from the D.C. area, if I'm not mistaken, uh, went to high school there. So it's, you know, that. I'm I'm coming home and people expect a lot of me and and that sort of thing. And you got to think that there was there was some there's a lot of pressure in that. Like I got to do something and especially from from a position like 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 a like a pass rusher where if you don't make if you're not sacking the quarterback, people are not aware of like is he making an impact? Like it's the sort of <laughs> everyday fan is not probably watching the game close enough to go, "Okay, well he he only has you know five sacks, so is he really making an impact on the game? And if you watch it, you can tell that he definitely is outside of the five sacks, right? Like the sacks are good, and that's great, but other things that he's able to do. Um, and so I imagine that that probably was <laughs> a lot, right, uh, from that perspective. And so maybe some of that plays into it. Um, and I also don't know if you saw this from the 49ers press uh, release about the trade. Uh, I believe this was yesterday. Um, yeah, yesterday when the trade went official. This was from Alex Smith, uh, who was interviewed in the Washington Post, I guess, um, during uh, Chase's rookie season. Um, obviously, Alex Smith, a big part of the 49ers organization, but played in Washington as well. Um, and Alex said this. He said, it's crazy unusual for a rookie to have the type of leadership that Chase has, genuine leadership. I think a lot of guys, especially high draft picks, I think you feel pressure to do it some way or somehow. I think Chase is so comfortable in his own skin and being who he is. I think guys respect that. But it's rare to have a guy that's that young step in and really affect his teammates as positively as he has. So I don't know. <laughs> maybe this is this maybe this is my 49ers bias showing, but I I am uh, more apt to uh, to believe Alex Smith than I am to 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 believe the Washington football organization at this particular point. Just just throwing that out there. I feel like that's probably I think I would agree. I think um there's so much that comes from just like expectation that goes away, especially now that he's a 49er. Because, you know, the Niners, they're like a machine here, right? I mean Gregory said something to that extent. He was like no, actually, Randy Gregory has not won a game as a 49er, which is a oh. crazy, crazy thought that just popped into my head. But <laughs> no more, us. no more, no more. Get rid of him. Send him back to Denver. I think, you know, there's just so much that, like, comes from just playing your game and not having to worry about, like, expectations. I think, you know, the 49ers have, like, correctly couched expectations they're like yeah young's a great player you know we got him for not too much we hope he'll come in and you know help us win some ball games i think that's the perfect way to just give someone a chance to 
play their game and not have to think too much about like the what ifs and the stresses of why they're playing and what everyone expects of them. Just get your snaps, get the system down, and he'll make a big difference. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, one of the benefits, obviously, of having this buy coincide with the trade deadline is that he gets a nice little runway. Um, and if Bose is out there helping him, especially in this, has been helping him over the last couple of days to kind of get him acclimated. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, like, early on if he ends up being, like, are they going to use him as a situational pass rusher to get him started and let him get acclimated? Or, or do you think he kind of you know, just steps in and you just takes over for Cleveland Farrell as like the starting uh, pass rusher opposite Bosa. Um, and that can be, a, an, <laughs> I, I realized that wasn't actually phrased as a, as a question or, or not, but if you, if you wanted to answer it, you could, you could, but I was just sort of a- asking it out loud. <laughs> um, I think it's interesting only because I do think the 49ers are, I just don't know how they're approaching this. I think that's the biggest thing. Because I think with the bye, he should be, who are they playing close by Jackson? I think he should yeah. be like getting as many snaps as Armstead, Hargrave, and Bosa get against Jacksonville. Like as well as Farrell has played relative to to like his how what he was signed for and like what he was supposed to add to this team. Like Young is just a different level of player. So he should be like it should be a really like clear like this is our top four and these guys are playing and then Gregory and Farrell come in along with Kinlaw and Givens and that's like the Bravo unit that they have that's a fantastic second unit so it's mm-hmm. not going to dominate but that's a great way to just you know get an extra push while your guys need to rest so I hope he plays a lot I find it fascinating that we're talking about Farrell and Young because. I remember way back in the offseason, which feels like a trillion months ago, we talked about trading for Chase Young and Daniel Hunter. And I remember saying, if Cleland Farrell is the only change they make to this pass rush unit, I don't know what we're doing here. I don't even want to talk about <laughs> I don't even want to talk about him being like the big addition. So, you know, things I guess have a way of working out eventually. Yeah, for sure. Um the other thing that'll be interesting, I saw somebody floating out like a like a NASCAR package kind of opportunity if if Steve Wilkes is so inclined where you could get Bosa and Javon Hargrave and Randy Gregory and Chase Young all, all out there at the same time if you're if you're feeling, you know, a little frisky with things. We haven't seen any of that, I don't that I've noticed so far this year, but it would be I think now that you have the horses to do it, that's gotta be something you gotta think about wrinkling into this, especially if you're in a situation where you feel like you're not really getting the pass rush that you want. I could see that being something that they try to, they try to do now that they have those three guys available who are like bigger guys who can probably withstand going inside if they need to. Yeah. I feel like Gregory is the perfect player to kind of take on that Charles Amenahue role of like inside, outside kind of play wherever. Now that you have young there to kind of balance everything out. It, he feels like a guy because, you know, up until this year, there's always been one defensive end who's just found insane production rushing from the interior. Arden Key, Charles Amenehu, even Kerry Hyder. I mean, like, these are the guys, like, 
this is the thing is you get these pressures and these productions from your second set of players. So I feel like Gregory with his like size, his, his length and his burst, he could be a guy who could really have like some success rushing against guards who are just not ready for someone like him to be lined up over them. <laughs> yeah. Somebody who's all legs and arms, man, that guy yeah. is just tall. Um <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that. Um, anyway, um, all right. So last thought on this, and this uh, kind of leads or comes out of the sort of last thing that I that I said. So we've been talking a lot about Steve Wilkes, and we talked about whether or not it's uh, if whether or not there's a fit here, and and there's all this conversation about Kyle Shanahan's going to talk about talk with him about coming out of the booth and all this kind of stuff, yada yada, which seems like just window dressing for like fixing maybe what the real problem is, which is like be better um <laughs> as a defensive coordinator um the, i don't i'm not really sure what the right question is here part of it is like does this make his his job easier or harder um or, or is it more of like if he can't make this work with this particular group does it tell us truly that he that maybe it's time to make that it would be not in time to make a change even if that's not till the end of the season or something like that uh, so i don't know just general thoughts about what this means for Steve Wilkes. Obviously it's good for him, but you know, you know what I mean? Like in terms of solidifying his position at this point. I mean, look, this is the most talented 49ers defense. I think they've ever had like that 2019 incredibly talented. But if you want to go like line by line, I think you can say, D Ford was in and out so much that it's hard to compare him to Chase Young. Buckner was better than Hargrave, but Armstead then was probably better than Armstead now. Bosa now is better than Bosa then. Warner is way better now. Greenlaw is better now. Oren Burks versus Quan. You can give that to Quan. Get to the secondary. That's definitely better now in theory. Although you could probably say Sherman versus Mooney Ward might lean towards Sherman, but safeties wise, they're probably better now. I mean, this is the best version of the 49ers defense talent wise. If this can't, if this defense can't like figure it out, then I feel like it falls onto Wilkes and it's a, it's a tough, like there are probably I'd say like 30 other defensive coordinators in the NFL who wish that they could like coordinate this defense and have a chance to work with these players. So, you know, he's got to make it work. At the end of the day, the NFL is a results business, and the 49ers' defense has not been good enough. The 49ers' offense has also not been good enough, but the difference there is that, like, you can, like, you, like, very visually and see anytime Kyle Shanahan, like, does something versus a player once they leave Shanahan, it's night and day. And you like you immediately see just how how much Shanahan is getting out of like players. That's why you know even though the offense should probably play better, we're not like sitting here, you know, bemoaning the like depth of the 49ers offense. I think the defense we've seen worse units than this play much better. So yeah. there's like huge underperformance going on. I think Young can hopefully be that little like spark plug that kind of gets everything melding. But I do think if Wilkes can't make it work with a four man rush with these four, and he feels the need to call a lot of ill time blitzes and this like 
if this 49ers defense thing doesn't sort out for the remaining part of this year, I don't, I don't see a world where you can keep them around because, you know, this team is on a very tight rope right now. I'm trying to win a Super Bowl, and they're like, they're going for it. That means, you know, you don't have the luxury of giving a defensive coordinator a year and a half to figure out how to call a game. You just got, you got to get someone who can do stuff your players can do and put you in positions to win games. Yeah, I think I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I know, I, for the record, I, I and I think you're saying the same thing. I don't think he's getting. I don't think he's going to get canned in the middle of the season or anything like that. Um, but this is the these last nine games are, and hopefully the playoffs are Steve Wilkes's audition to keep his job past 2023. I think that's basically what we're saying here, right? Because um, if if this is the best, and and I think there's probably an argument to be made. I, I again, I don't know. Um, player for player, but this is probably one of the better defensive units that he's been around, at least in recent memory. Um, and and I think it's if he can't make it work, then then you got to find somebody like you said who can who can make it work. Um, and um, unfortunately, that person is unlikely to have Chase Young, but hopefully they'll figure something else out. But there you go. Um, all right. Well, this was fun. Um, this felt a lot more. <laughs> optimistic than our last couple of podcasts um well it's been a long month so let's just say that um speaking of which uh i, I was working today on a um uh, on prediction a, a piece on predicting the la- the rest of the regular season games for the 49ers um i like to do win win loss predictions it's one of the many things that i get called out to do and our fearless leader peter fantasy asked me to to do one for the bye week and so i worked on that and submitted that uh, today. So hopefully it'll be out there by the time you're hearing this podcast. Um, man, this was probably the hardest <laughs> that's ever been uh, just because I just don't know where this team is. But I, I think the the Chase Young energy sort of jolted and, and, and made me feel a little more confident in things. I don't know if that's that's irrational or not, but we'll see how it goes. Um, but uh, has any other things that we need to say or any things you want to plug while you're while you're here in terms of articles or anything before we wrap this up? Well, I mean, I'm sure our dedicated listeners already check our, our author profiles for the latest releases, but I'm kidding. You don't have to do that. Um, <laughs> you know, there's great content as always on our site. Football keeps on going. There's always stuff to read. I think, you know, as long as Robert didn't predict us, the 49ers, to go undefeated the rest of his way through, we'll be in good hands because if you, if you did, Robert, then I don't I, know. I, Would that I, be my- I did not. I did not. I can. I'm not going to tell you what. I'm not going to say right here because I want people to go read it. But I did not predict undefeated for the rest of the year because I'm not an idiot. <laughs> I did, however, cop up to the fact that I ruined the last one by trying to make people go, but that I ruined the last couple of weeks by saying they were going to go undefeated through the bye week. Um, although I did, I did look back at the prediction that I did way back when the when the schedule was released in May, and I I said the same thing. I had them going. Uh, I think it was like eight and one through the buy or something like that. So I'm not, I'm not completely crazy. Um, <laughs> so it's not like, you know, I was outside of my mind or anything. So there you go. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> uh, thanks everybody for, for, for kicking it back up with us. And uh, we are well and truly going to take uh, the next week off. So we'll be back with you uh, when it comes time to get ready to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars game at the end of next week. But until then, 
We thank you for listening to this episode of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. As we've always already said, please continue to check out NinerNoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis. And be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And of course, share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends. So until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.